Welcome to the Muzzle Blast podcast from the National Muzzleloading Rifle Association. Muzzle Blast is made possible by the membership of the NMLRA. Thank you. Well, I'm Eli Froge from Petersburg, Indiana. Uh, I started out doing this when I was young. We are around 10, 11 years old. Where one of my father's co-workers uh, introduced me into the sport. Uh, his name's Martin Pritchett. He's, he's a character. He's a character. Good dude. My name is Jason Jacobs. I'm from Covington, Indiana. I started getting involved in uh, living history in around 2006. And, uh, That's about it? That's about it, yeah. Did he drag you out or what got you interested? Uh, no, I mean, I always had a love for history and uh, going back into our family tree, there was a, there was a, like a fifth great grandfather by the name of John Lamb. He was the second in command of the Continental Artillery at the Battle of Yorktown. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, being in the military, I was in the Army for 22 and a half years and always liked the history side of things, you yeah. know. And uh, this just really sparked my interest of the, you know, the, that time period, uh, you know, breaking yeah. away from England and forming, yeah. a, forming a new nation, you know. And it's a really exciting time. It had time. to be exciting time, yeah. exactly. And just the men that did that. You know, Ben Franklin and Washington and those guys. Yeah, it was a real caliber. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And knowing what they were doing and, and yeah. forging ahead with it. And, it took a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I like about, um, on my end, like the traditional craft side of things, is trying to make things, knowing how hard it was oh, for them to definitely. make things. You know, if it's hot, we can turn on the air conditioning and, and right. forge a bunch of stuff, and it makes it <laughs> right. really easy. But then yeah. you think about guys dinking around oh, in yeah. the woods trying to make yeah. this stuff happen. Yes. And... Uh, Most definitely. And what are, like, where we was talking about this canoe, I mean, we, one of the places we camped on our trip was right at the Embrace, yeah. Embarrass River. I don't know how you pronounce it, but the Southerners pronounce it different than we did. But we camped right where George Rogers Clark Across that river, oh, wow. forging into Vincennes, and to think that they stopped and made canoes right there in the middle of the woods and whatever they had to do at that time, it was, it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah. you're talking about just doing things old school. Yeah, you get real connected to it. Yes, and that's what I thought was neat when I saw you guys online talking about this trip and gearing up for it because mm-hmm. you guys did this all. Period. Yes. I mean, it's all correct. Yes. For, right. Historically. Yeah. I wanted to sit yeah. down and talk with you because I think that's just really neat. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, we, people say, oh, you're a reenactor. Well, we don't consider ourselves reenactors. We're living historians. We're experimental archaeologists. You know, we like to actually get out there and use, use our gear. Use the gear. You, yeah. you know, wear the clothing, use the gear, use the weapons, and find out, you know, how it worked, you know, if it worked, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, I do, I, I do a little bit of everything like Eli does. I make horns, I do a little blacksmithing, leatherworking, woodworking. And you show somebody a piece that you've made and you know, they say, well, that's, that's pretty, you know. Well, yeah. but it's functional. You know, I yeah. don't make anything that's not functional. You know, I'm not, I, people say I'm an artist, but I, you know, I'm, I'm recreating pieces to be used. You know, and that's, yeah. if a guy buys one from me, and I hope that he's using it, not hanging it on the mail, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this trip was, for me, one of the big draws was, you know, I, I was in the infantry for 22 and a half years, and we do woods trekking, hunting, things of that nature. 
never been around the water that much, you know. Yeah, travel by water, that's that's going to be interesting. We're going to use gear and, and, and stuff that we don't normally use yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Traveling that far. And, and traveling <laughs> that far, yeah. And, I mean, we we figured we had about 250 pounds of gear in here with us. And I, I told him, I said, you know, Having been in infantry and walked miles upon miles, there's no way that two guys could carry that amount of weight over land in a day. You know, they couldn't go 25 miles in a day with, right? You know, yeah, with that much so, weight. You know, seen obviously seen the advantage with that. You know, and then we also talked about the fact that it was just him and I in this canoe going down the river. How vulnerable we were out in the middle of the river. Yeah, you, know? you feel exposed. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. So just, it just makes you think about things and, and get into their mindset a little bit if you can. Yeah. So. It's almost, um, in a way, it's about being a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I think. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. a humbling experience. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. I grew up in our um, family woods. We have about 150 acres that we've planted mm -hmm. and taken back. And like every now and then it's just good to go out there and just sit in the woods for a little bit. And yes kind of see where you are in the universe mm -hmm. right and, oh yeah you know because you're yeah. not <laughs> sitting in a car you know you feel real safe <laughs> but you go right. out in the wild yeah and you know you feel a little bit more grounded yeah mm -hmm. that's one thing on our trip that i noticed in myself and even jacob's a little bit is how in tune you become mm -hmm. with just like little noises here and there i mean you go days without seeing anybody or hearing a kid scream or any music or anything you know and how in tune your senses get with Every little sound. I mean, yeah. smells, sounds. Yeah. I mean, it, it's we, we saw several dead deer along the river from uh, disease. You know, we smelled. Oh, way you smelled more a half a mile before what, you got to. Yeah, them. it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, in day-to-day -day life, you just don't do that. Yeah, you know, but we're so far removed from that. Yes. So to speak. Yep. So, what got you guys? Um, you said you do a lot of hunting and trekking and things, mm -hmm. and what? Yeah. And you wanted to get on the water. What was kind of the next step then? Basically, it's always kind of been on my, for say, bucket list is to go from uh, where I live to down to the Ohio. Why, I don't know. It's just one of them adventure things. Mm -hmm. Like whenever you're a kid, you hear about the Ohio. and I've seen it like twice, you know, in my life or whatever, whenever I was younger. And it's like, I want to come all the way down to here. Obviously, being interested in history and everything. Yeah. And uh, my father got into woodworking, like hand carving bulls and such. And he... Ever since then, he's kind of suggested, like, let's make a canoe, let's make a canoe. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> but, you know, because it's a pretty good yeah. undertaking. And uh, so, finally, we just quit talking about it and got started on it. And, uh, yeah, it. so after we made this, I'm thinking I have to incorporate it into my hobby, into my bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? you so, got to do something with it if you're right. putting that much effort into exactly. it. Exactly. So, we talked to Jason a little bit, and he was a little unsure about it because it i mean it's a week long thing yeah. you know it's it's not a something you just jump right into it's something you think about before you mm -hmm. do but uh that's pretty much how my side of it come along and then talking jacobs into it. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that was kind of a, <laughs> yeah, it, part. it wasn't that hard i was i was apprehensive you know I mean, like i said it's, it's putting yourself in a, in a situation where you're not comfortable and getting out yeah. of that comfort zone and this was his dream and so I got on board with it but I said you know I, I've got all these years of military experience and and planning and leading troops and stuff with it he's he's planning this I'm gonna let him do that so we kind of blocked off eight days that was 
what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. If we need nine, we'll, you know, obviously we're going to keep going and 200 miles to go, eight days, that's 25 miles a day. And I thought, well, that sounds awful ambitious, but I don't know how fast we're going to move down the river. Right. You know, I've never done it. Yeah. Never done and it in a dugout. Today. We wasn't familiar with, I mean, the Wabash River. I have never mm -hmm. spent like days out on the Wabash, yeah. and neither of us have. No, I grew it was, up. It was a I grew up 300 yards from the Wabash, but you know, we didn't really get out in boats and you know go very far on it. We'd go up and down a few miles here and there, and you know, horse around on it. But uh, you know, so. We, we got started and, you know, 25 miles the first day and 27 and a half the second and 24 the third day. And, and I said, you know, I, I told him that night, I said, you know, we've proven that we can do this and, and hit our goals, you know, but we also wanted to do fishing and some hunting and, yeah. you know, keep, we were trying to keep good journals, both of us, which we normally do on everything anyway. That's awesome. And yeah. when we wasn't having time to do that, we were paddling from daylight till right before dark, dragging out, setting up camp, eating, going to sleep, getting up, doing it again. Yeah. You know, I said I signed on for this. Uh, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. If you want to do 25 miles a day for the next five days, we'll do it. You know, and the heat come in. And, you know, 90 degrees. You know, 95 with the humidity. And yeah. uh, if we and he, didn't have a paddle in our hand, we had a canteen in our hand. Yeah, right. And it, we, we couldn't get enough water to drink, you know. And you can't get out of that heat. I mean, yeah. no. especially being on the water with it reflecting off the water yeah, and yeah. coming right back up under your hat. And, you it's know, we got rags around our neck and on yeah. top of our heads. I mean, oh, the tops of my feet were <laughs> burning, you know. Cause I didn't wear shoes for six days. There's no reason to. Right. Climbing in and out of the canoe and the water and the mud and, you know. Yeah, it's going to ruin your shoes. Drag, drag it in with you, you know. Oh, most yeah. definitely. We had sand and every crevice of everything in our meals <laughs> it, it was nuts <laughs> you wash it off in the river and think it's clean and come back up and, nope nope yeah. nope still crunching on sand yeah. with everybody so, bacon or whatever yeah so i think i ate one thing that didn't have sand in it but i had sand in my teeth still so, <laughs> so i still got it in there, still got it in there. yeah so how far did you guys go then through the trip we ended up like the total trip. Mm -hmm. We ended up at 115 river miles. About yep. And it was uh, up north, like up up toward us. The river was totally different. I mean, the bends were tighter, narrower, uh, narrower. Uh, the speed of the water seemed to be quicker. But I don't know if that was actually just be because of like you're closer to the banks or. You know what I mean? The yeah, river being right. smaller, so right. you feel like you're actually getting somewhere. And uh, but once we got down south, I mean, the river just it just got wider, and it was almost I told Jacob it's like a love hate relationship with it down there because <laughs> yeah. it's so wide and so pretty down there. The tree trees seem taller. I mm -hmm. mean, just less trash. Uh, but it just felt like you was stopped the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, some it's of them some of them river bends are a mile long, you know, and that was kind of one. One thing we always looked forward to was what was what's around the next bend. Yeah. What's around the next bend? Well, whenever you takes you forty five minutes to get around a bend, it's kind of <laughs> like an and hour and or whatever. Another bend, and then yeah, you hit yeah. a five mile straightaway, and, and then you just... and it's like I don't even feel like we're moving, bud. Right. You know, yeah. but wind in our face constantly. Yeah. We talked about a sail, but we would have been have to go upriver to utilize a sail. <laughs> <laughs> and the water would get choppy, and then. It almost got to, uh, do you take the inside of the bend or do you stay in the current on the outside? You right. know what I mean? Because the river's so wide, it, it's like, I don't want to paddle 
hundred some yards over there just to to go around right yeah. when we can just cut straight across the edge and, but we found out it was very beneficial to stay in the current and you, and we learned that pretty quick on how how to read the current you know with the bubbles in the river and just watching things but it was it was tough i mean it with this canoe it it almost want to push you out of the current really? i mean you we had to work to stay in it which is kind of weird but yeah yeah there was times we were paddling on one side both of us for what seemed like 20 30 oh, minutes just digging and yeah and not <clears throat> not moving into the current anymore at all and i i rode in the front the whole trip and uh, quickly figured out that i was probably 85 percent propulsion and about 15 percent steering because if he stopped steering in the back it, it was all I could do to move that front end where I wanted to go. Yeah. So. I would I would put my paddle down, get a drink out of the canteen, put the cork back in it, set it back down, and the boat's already turned at 45. Yeah. I mean, it was just a constant. You'd think you'd, you'd just be able to float that thing, and it it didn't work that way, not in the river. <laughs> <laughs> kind of has a mind of its own. Oh, yeah. most definitely, Absolutely. yeah. And that's where it comes to it fighting to stay in the current yeah. I mean, because it would always want to push you out but that's awesome it was it was a good trip but. are you planning another one or just kind of taking it easy i would like to finish next year yeah i would like to go in a little cooler weather say whatever middle of october or something like that put in where we took out there at mount carmel and finish on to uh down to old shawnee town on the ohio mm -hmm. One pretty cool thing of where we got out, or about nine miles before Mount Carmel, them rapids, they call it the Great Chain Rapids. Yeah. Yeah, it's Great Chain Rapids. So the whole trip, we had heard about these rapids or whatever, and we was obviously unfamiliar with the river. And as we're talking to a couple river people on the way down through there, they're like, oh, we don't go down there. Or, I would get out and take around it, go around it. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, so we're, we're a little anxious, a little nervous about whatever, that whole situation. And uh, before we got, we knew we was gonna be hitting the rapids on our last day. So we stopped and camped before there thinking we wanna be fresh, cause we're exhausted. Right. I mean. You're working all day. Yeah, oh yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. don't wanna get to the rapids, you know, 12 miles into this day and then have to deal with it, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we got up the next morning and we're, we're feeling good and we're talking about it. And, and uh, before we got to them rapids, I mean, we come around the corner of a bend and we're, what, I don't know, half mile away, three quarter of a mile away, and you can just hear the water. And you're thinking, oh boy, what what have we got ourselves into here? Like you a know? Roar. Yeah, it's it was, like a roar. It was white water. I mean, and the lower the Wabash. Yeah. The Wabash. Yeah, which you'd never expect. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, and he goes, Jacobs, what is that? And I said, I don't know, Niagara Falls, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. you know. Right, and that goes back to where your, your senses are so in tuned. I mean, everything seems louder, Every, I mean, but so we, we're getting close, and uh, we had hooked up with uh, Tim and Keith, Keith Hoffman, and uh, on our last morning, and they hooked up with us and took some video and some pictures of us and stuff. So they actually 
went through the rapids first, just trying to get a line for us. You know, I mean, we got a lot of money in this canoe. Yeah. I mean, not not in the canoe itself, but just in gear. And I mean, everybody knows you know, the sport. Yeah. It takes thousands of dollars to look poor. Yeah. But uh, so they kind of got a line, and I don't know that we really followed them, but we yeah. was. And it boosted our confidence anyway. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Whether that was smart or not, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, them waves were, what, two, two and a half feet? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't crazy, but... In this thing. In this, yeah. In this thing, yeah. It felt like the Titanic. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Water coming over the front end. Yeah, so busting through them. I mean, it didn't ride up on the waves like a a regular canoe would. I mean, it's just just plowing right through it. So the waves are coming over the front of the boat. It, It was pretty neat. I can imagine how... How nervous Jacobs must have been yeah. seeing that <laughs> jumping water, right, right in his lap. lap. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I christened it early on in the trip. I, I call it the HMS divorce. So I told Eli, if we go under, we're losing half our staff. So, and, and he said, well, if it goes under, we tip it over. I'm only worried about my rifle. And you, Jacobs, and you. I said, no, too late, too much of a pause. I don't believe it. <laughs> Just, I mean, we're pretty good friends anyway. Almost definitely. And, but just getting to know each other that much better. And, yeah. You know, and yeah. Yeah, I spending mean, six days with somebody on the river yeah. in a situation like that to where there's a lot of work involved yeah. and trust. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're dependent on Absolutely. each other. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, it, I mean, it brought back a lot of memories for me, you know, in the military, obviously. <laughs> but you get, you know, I told him you get real close with guys and, and, uh, we got to where I mean, we pretty much kind of read each other's mind. Oh, you know, thinking, you know, yep. and just hey, you know, he look he look at me up in the front and say, kind of shift your weight to the right a little bit. We're leaning a little this way or that, and you know, when we get out at night, you know, we, this is my box to get out. That's his box to get out, and we pack all the rest of the gear up. You know, he he would start the dinner, or I'd set the shelter up or vice versa you know we just kind of flop back and forth yeah there wasn't a whole lot of talking no that had to go on to accomplish everything even in the mornings i mean we'd be up at 5 30 in the morning and i didn't have to tell jacobs like hey it's time or you know what i mean it's just you did what you did and so that was that was pretty cool yeah definitely so like the boxes and things did you guys have those or did you build those to fit the canoe no a good friend of ours uh kurt hoagland he's a great gun builder engraver i mean anything kurt does is he's just a craftsman him him and his wife uh i i I was pretty busy in life trying to get whatever not only ready for this trip but just in life in general everybody's busy (laughs) you know what i mean so i I had uh, contacted kurt and see if he'd build me a couple boxes and we had looked at some boxes about a month ahead of that. Yeah, yeah. We, we were kind yeah. of thinking ahead what we were going to put store stuff in and carry it in, and we seen some boxes that, with the lid lift off. You know, we thought that'd be perfect. We could it'd be multi-purpose. We store gear in it. We could use the top for a table. You know, we could whatever we need to do. You know, clean a fish on it or something. So, and he got a hold of Kurt and gave him the dimensions that we actually needed to fit the canoe and. Yeah, and they worked out perfect. Perfect, I mean, yeah. They weren't too heavy. I mean, there's no hinges to break off. Right. I mean, it, very simple, simple boxes, and they, they worked out great. But it works. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So did you guys have to, uh, 
I guess, a couple more questions. Like, as far as food, did you bring a lot of food with you, or did you catch? Yeah, we 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 brought a lot of food with us. Like I said, we was expecting to be out there eight days, eight, maybe nine. nine days. You know, so I mean, we brought cornmeal, we brought lard, uh, potatoes, potatoes, carrots. beans, carrots, onions. I mean, just it was all traditional food. All traditional definitely. food, most definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, we did, or Jason did some hunting, and I tried fishing and stuff, and uh, with whatever, 18th century gear, yeah. I mean, fishing gear, cane so that was pretty cool, cane poles, I'd set bank lines of an evening, you know, with some frogs and toads, it, it was, it was neat. Paul, you know, Paul Wagner Jones, the name out of Texas, funny. yeah, he, awesome guy, probably, oh. I mean, I'd say one of the foremost authorities on 18th century fishing right Most now definitely. and uh, he was just instrumental he, he oh yeah hooked us up with some gear we got ideas from him you know he he talked us through a lot of things because you know that, that's something that we've thought about on small scales you know have a little fishing kit in our gear obviously when we go out trekking but never really utilize it a whole lot or right. you right. know got into the different types of floats and lines and you know oh paul he's yeah. so knowledgeable yeah. on all that and he's been a great help i mean we've talked to each other probably three or four times before this trip and he was he was he was excited for us about using his gear i mean yeah. it was it was pretty cool yeah he he said he'd been out on you know day two day trips but nothing extended time like that you know so yeah. Yeah, he, he was definitely rooting for us. And That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And he, he had actually been on the Wabash. Did yeah. I tell you that? Yeah. He had actually been on the Wabash, and he's from Texas. Really? So it was pretty cool that he knew, like, what we were dealing with yeah. as far as and the area. And he could kind of advise yes. on that. Yep. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I'm on several pages on Facebook, and just the outpouring of support and you know enthusiasm and you know guys saying well we we did this section in the 70s we did you know you're bringing back memories and you know you're an inspiration and and, i mean that's not what we went out set out to do it was for us but you know for guys that that can't do it you know i had i've had guys say just on to go out on a three-day hunting trip and they said man i wish i had friends that would do that with me you know and and we're fortunate that we do have the friends yeah. that will do yeah. it with us. And we're all pretty close yeah. in area as yeah. well. You know? right. yeah. It's hard to do that over distance. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Actually, yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. With everybody's life schedule. Yeah. But you got to, I mean, you got to, it's like any other hobby. You got to make the time. If you want to yeah. do it, you'll make the time to do it. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. I really appreciate you guys sharing this with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to get this out in front of some more people. Good. Stuff like this is so cool. Yeah. It's really neat to, in a way, kind of be here so close after you guys have done it. Right. You know, yeah. And, it's still fresh in our minds. Yeah. yeah. It's, yep. it's still exciting. It's, it's really exciting for me because yeah. I, I was one of those people online kind of watching you guys <laughs> yeah. get things going and get, and get things around and to be here with you guys completing it. So cool. It, it's not something that happens every day. You right. Know, it was... I, I've talked to a handful of guys who've done the trip or a trip down the Wabash that link, but nobody that done it in a dugout canoe, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, to us, that's what made the trip. Yeah, you know? definitely. We could climb in an old town canoe and do it, but 
this really added yeah. to it. Yeah, this, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, this was this was one project in itself. Oh yeah. Building the canoe. You know, I mean that was a yeah. huge project. Two separate projects. And then Yeah, and then doing this on top of that, it was And then you didn't just bring it around as kind of a set piece. I mean you went out and used it. Right. And right. gave yes. it yes. the life that it wanted in a way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Yeah, we had a lot of support, I mean, from family and friends. Helping us out along the way, mm-hmm. dropping us off, picking us up, you know, it was pretty cool. Did your family and friends just kind of drop you off at the start and said, we'll see you? I mean, oh, were no. there any, like, safety yeah. measures? No, yeah. they, we had a little trouble on our loadout. We, we got together about three days ahead of time and loaded the canoe how we thought it looked good and was going to act. Function. Function. Yeah. And then we got to Terre Haute and we put it in the water. We loaded out just like we'd done. And we got in it, pushed off the bank, and within 30 seconds, we figured out it was not going to work that way. We, yeah. we were top-heavy. It was The canoe was tippy. Well, the plans was to set on top of the boxes. I mean, that would only make sense, right? right. I mean, yeah. In your mind, yeah. in your yeah. mind, set on top of the boxes. And they're, what, 10 inches tall? Mm-hmm. I mean, 10, 11 inches tall? Yeah. So we're thinking, ah, that won't be too bad. That's pretty close to a normal <laughs> canoe seat, maybe a little bit taller. But like Jake, Jacob said, as soon as we got out there, it's like, nope, no. this ain't going to work. And we're three feet from the bank and just shaking. Yeah. It's yeah. like, uh-uh. So we pulled back in and pulled out, I don't even know. Well, we had five gallons of water we pulled out. Yeah, we had a water keg that we pulled out and another water container. Yeah. He had a small yeah. wooden stool, pulled yeah. it out. And, I mean, we probably got rid of 60 pounds a year. Probably. Just I mean, you had to. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was it was sitting above the top of it. So, yeah. and then we lowered ourselves. We got onto the bottom of the canoe off the boxes. Yeah. Well, so, we didn't do that right off the bat. No, not right off the bat. But and we got rid of weight, and we're thinking, okay, we can we can kind of do this. And we get well, maybe a mile down the river, and we yeah. banked it in the middle on, on a sandbar right in the middle of the river, pulled everything out, and then whatever restacked everything and got back in and got our butts pretty much on the bottom of the canoe i mean i was sitting on blankets he was sitting on blankets and stuff i mean so we're right down on the bottom and after that yeah. we was good as gold but, so we was felt pretty confident yeah it, i guess to answer the question his father and, and a couple of good friends of ours were there my dad was there and they thought that there was a boat ramp like four miles down the river so they were going to go down to the ramp and wait on us to get there and see if we were actually going to go through with it yeah. and, and continue on figured out the boat ramp wasn't there so they they ended up going about seven miles down yeah and just got out on a sandbar and were waiting on us when we come by and uh, well how are you guys feeling are yeah are you going to take out or are you going to go you know yeah. and we're like we're feeling pretty good now we've made some more adjustments we're going to go for it so they, they was kind of worried could i mean seven miles doesn't seem like that far i mean you can drive that in right yeah look at these split you know minutes, but yeah. doing it running three mile an hour I mean, you're, it yeah. takes you a little over two hours to get there. Yeah. So he was kind of wondering yeah, if, you like, guys tipped if we yeah. even made it that far. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely had a lot of support and help and along the way. That's great. Definitely. Well, to kind of wrap things up and let you guys get on with your day, uh, is there anything you guys want to kind of plug or share or point people towards, you know, with what you're doing? You know, where can they find you online or... Uh, I do Instagram. I'm not on Facebook or anything, but just one word I'd like to say is, you know, people just get out there and do it. Just, just get out there and use your gear, have fun, enjoy it with friends. And even if you're not 
a hundred percent correct. Just, just get out there and do do it because I, I do believe that this is a dying sport, and I mean the age of everybody getting up there. It's we need the younger generation to help fuel and fire this, yeah. and keep things going for sure. And not, I mean, education. I mean, for all the youngsters, and just supporting the craftsmen that that do this because history will be lost if we don't. Yeah. It's really neat being able to sit down with you guys as kind of the next step in that history of all of this. I mean, you, you were talking about the guys in the 70s, and now you are the next You're the next step. You know, The guys that do it now are going to look back to you guys and ask you for pointers. And, yeah. and keeping those journals and things, I mean, that's going to be yeah. so important to the next people down the road. Yes. I mean, now we're looking at journals... From the, I mean, from the beginning of, right. of America, right. and yeah. we're able to look at those and understand things. Yes. And now, not to make it super important, you know, but it, in a way, it really is yeah. that you guys have yep. done this and documented it. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much every every camp I go to, I wear a journal. I mean, I write down who's there, you know, kind of what the weather was, and you know, funny things that happened or yeah. whatever. I mean, even make notes on people's clothing sometimes. It's, I enjoy it. Oh, hi, Peyton. People find you online anywhere or yeah, not, I'm on, not your sort of thing? I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on several of the historical uh, pages on Facebook, the Contemporary Long Rifle page, uh, Historical Pathways. And you can find me on there all the time. I'm a moderator on there with Ken Hill. And, uh, Yeah, like I got on the CLA page. I love seeing the work that these artists are doing now, you know, whether it's a rifle or a hawk or whatever. But I, I interject a lot of our hunts and treks and stuff on there because I, I you know, get out and use this gear. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You don't know. I mean, it can look really nice, but if right. you get it out in the woods and it doesn't work. <laughs> right. right. I yeah. mean. Yeah, you find out that the bale on your tin boiler is not exactly how you want it to be, you know. Yeah, so yeah. you modify it, you change it a little bit or whatever, and just just use the gear and, and experience it, yeah. you know. Yeah, get into that mindset. That's awesome. Thank you guys again so much yeah. for sitting down. If you like this episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to the Muzzle Blast podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on social media. You can find us under at Muzzle Blasts. Muzzle Blast is made possible by the membership of the NMLRA. Thank you. Find out more at nmlra.org.